Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 399. Fuck. That's a high number. Yeah, it is. It's one <laughs> less than 400. It is. Oh, Tell we are here airing our grievances with this wonderful festivus time of year. Did we have grievances? I, I feel like we always do. I feel like we were super cheerful this time. But I think this is this Very doing this gets all those grievances out. Very positive. We I put it all into the microphone. There's only a handful of things Woo-saw. that we were upset about. For those that uh, are also celebrating other things, happy Hakuna Matata Day to you as well, and uh, and everything there and then some. Totally. Reminded of of a story of little Timmy who was born without any hands. You know what he got for Christmas? Gloves. Oh. Just kidding. He still can't open his presents. <clears throat> oh, we talked a lot. This, uh, <laughs> we talked some Christmas books. We talked some Doomsday Clock. I'm broken now. You have to finish the rest of this by yourself. <laughs> we talked about some Watchmen. Some movie stuff. Star Wars and some comics that are coming out in the next year. Oh, God, don't talk about cats. Christmas and Santa Claus and drinks and and since we always record the beginning after we record, Lynn's now gets the joke at the end of the. We do it doesn't show. make it better though. <laughs> no, <it doesn't>. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you have to listen to the whole episode to find that out. So enjoy <laughs> Drunk on Comics podcast episode three hundred ninety nine. Happy Life Day two thousand nineteen. Christmas is all around us or all around me. And so the feeling grows. Oh. From love actually. I feel it in my, my fingers. fingers. I feel it in my toes. That's all I know. It's one of the best <laughs> Christmas movies ever, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Aw. I've only seen it once. And that's fine with me. I just I I love uh Bill Nye and yeah. that whole that whole thing makes the whole movie because throughout the whole thing, him just being a fucking asshole. And mm. although, yes, it is a rom com, it is a very well done rom com with a lot of famous people. Yes, and, a lot of famous people, and gets me in the Christmas spirit. My favorite the loving spirit Christmas movie is The Night Before, with Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Anthony Mackie. And if you haven't seen it, you should fucking watch it. Josh and I watch it every year. It is hilarious. So me me and my friends last year um, had a guy's night where we watched Die Hard. And we were going to do that again. But I was like, I don't want to watch Die Hard. I haven't seen Die Hard 2 in like forever. Like I forgot half the plot. I just know it's at the airport. So we eventually watched it. And... We ordered a lot of pizza, and then half the guys canceled on us, so we kind of opened it up to our other friends, and uh, one of our friends, uh, she came over, and she'd never seen Die Hard, let alone At jumping all? into Die Hard 2. Zero percent Die Hard yeah. in her life? And it was she's hilarious, because really she's women. like, what's going on? Like, this is insane. It's like, 
that's that's the beauty of this. It's it's one of those movies where you don't you just don't think. You just watch the guns blazing. But when he said yippee hey motherfucker, she goes, "That's what this is from." <laughs> and she was just so happy to finally. So now she was asking her friends like. I need to watch the first one. Like, well, there's multiple of them, too. She goes, there's more? They keep making these? They do. Yeah. Every time Bruce Willis needs a, a pay bump, I think. Yeah. And we made, mm. uh, we were supposed to make some Baby Yoda cookies, but uh, there was no angel, um, I guess, cookie cutter things to make them. So uh, my buddy had a gingerbread cookie thing, so we made Bruce Willis. I saw those. They were adorable they're actually really tasty too but we totally messed up on the frosting and yeah yeah no you guys tried yeah we tried that's impressive yeah and uh for before we get into some comic book reviews i kind of need to just i feel so stupid not understanding my nephew okay but we're at a christmas party and i was asking what he wants for christmas and and I thought he said an iPad. I'm like, those things are expensive. Like, what? He goes, no, an iPatch. And I'm like thinking, is that a game? Like, is that software for an iPad? so dumb. And, and <laughs> well, no, because like iPad, iPatch. I'm thinking, is this a new doohickey Dude, that you hook up? he said the phrase iPatch to you. How did you? <laughs> because I'm thinking <laughs> iPad. And he goes, and I'm trying to ask him what the hell that is. He goes, you know what pirates wear? I go, oh, an iPatch. Yeah. Not the letter I. And then I was kind of pissed because I recently cleaned in here and I threw out an iPad. I'm sure you have 20 laying around here somewhere. Somewhere, you probably yes. have a, You probably bulk ordered them from Amazon. For pirate tubing in the summer. Oh. So, uh... It's probably for the best, though, because... He would probably wear it all the time, and if you wear an eye patch all the time, it gives you a lazy eye. Well, you know why he wants it, though? Because he wants to be a pirate? No. It's Odin. Oh. Yeah, I see. He wants to be just like Odin. Which I have to say, yeah. they, they made me sit down and watch, uh, I think it's Earth's Mightiest mm. Avengers, or it's something where it had uh, the superheroes, but Loki and a frost giant, and you find out that... Santa Claus, uh, Yolner, I think, or something, okay. uh, is real. Mm. He's half frost giant, half light elf. Oh, that makes sense. So he has yeah, power. That makes and sense. That actually real. makes more sense than anything else about Santa Claus. <laughs> and I thought that, was, that really got me intrigued. And then yeah. I sat down with the kids and watched it. And that was a, that's a good one. So I can't remember exactly what cartoon it is, but if you find it, Sit down with some kids and watch it, and you'll enjoy it. Or just sit down and watch yeah. it yourself. It's probably on Disney Plus. Who is, Everything's on Disney. Who Plus, is though. our new unofficial sponsor? They don't know it, and they're not paying us. But I love Disney Plus, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'll sell it for them. So we're gonna try to be more holiday cheer this week. I and am drinking, so so is Tony. How's that different than normal? <laughs> it's not. Um, but you know, there's the cheer. <laughs> so, uh, well, actually, I realized though one of the books I'm going to talk about has nothing to do with Christmas, but then this one in particular too, kind of the holidays, but it's uh, New Year's Evil, number one by DC. New Year's Evil. Yes. Okay. You know how they're doing the whole year of yep the villain. villains. Yeah. Which I still am wondering what the fuck that's supposed to to make. 
And this is, again, uh, one of DC's books where they have multiple short stories uh, involving, mm. you know, many different heroes and, coincidentally, villains within this. Uh, a couple of them that I just kind of want to particularly talk about. One is the prankster um, in the prankster's new, new year. I don't know who the hell the prankster is, but it caught my eye because I love pranks. Yeah. And you see him talking with his hench ladies i guess is what you'd call them and how he's you know been they've been thwarting the superheroes uh do-goodery okay all for the end to you know get them all to come to the headquarters for his new year's eve bash for the pranksters new year's eve yeah. bash so he was just more or less just trying to get them in he was it, trying to trick people into partying with him yeah and and at the end, one of his uh, lovely uh, assistants, you know, pranks him and puts a pie into his face, and you think it's gonna to end well, but uh, he kills she, her. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, it's a response gag, so no retribution, right? And he's like, haha, classic Martha. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I, this dude looks creepy and weird, but he got that weird plaid suit, right? I've never the green and black yeah, plaid suit. I've never heard of him before. He's like an old school. Well, that's what I was figuring. He's yeah. probably like condiment man or something. Yeah, old school. Um, there was also I love anything Black Adam. Ah, oh, yeah. And that was a good one. Uh, the one that I really liked though was anything Joker as well. And at the beginning with uh, what's this one titled the the amateur. Where pretty much, I mean, by the end, you know, he, he does the fake uh, bang gun, but you find out, well, it really shot into this dude's chest and really killed him. Um, yeah, ultimately, there are many stories within this, and a couple in particular, like I said, uh, really shout out to me. It's, what, 80, 80 pages? Yes, over 80 pages, so again... Another one of DC's many... Uh, Those are good, though. They go by fast because they're short stories. So, And actually, you can stop in the middle if you want to, which I always appreciate. I feel like we're going to go through our reviews much longer, uh, or quicker, I mean. Yes, because you have many and I have zero. <laughs> well, you have one that you at least... Uh, I perused. You didn't, really, you didn't really read. I perused it. I was forced... I was forced to peruse it before the... To you guys, Tony forces me to do things. <laughs> I just All want for every the betterment. I just want everyone to know what this podcast does. <laughs> I'm, I'm like an indentured I'm in charge. <laughs> so every year, um, it wouldn't be Christmas episode without, without talking about Klaus. Klaus. And well, these only come out at Christmas now, right? Just yeah. the one shot, yeah. And that's what it. I wish they did maybe a three parter again. I understand, you know, keeping it to this tradition of just releasing on Christmas. Yeah. Well, plus it's Grant Morrison, so that fucker doesn't have time to do anything. Well, I mean, he yeah. <laughs> he's writing Netflix shows. He's got he, his own fucking thing did going he really on. Write this one. <laughs> I mean, it's my one. He didn't write any dialogue, but he did write it. I mean, yeah, I guess he did come up with the concept of it. Now, I will say this. It has no words. 
And there are some great books that I've talked about before that are just totally wordless. You just got to look at the pages. Now, granted, in those, there's more of a linear timeline. In this, there is, if you read it backwards. And I, I do enjoy how this story unveloped. So, to me, it it's backwards, but it also, it's also forward, because the dates go forward. So, like, it starts on December 1st, and then you go through, and, like, the next one is December 2nd, but it's in the past. So, the days of December, it's almost like a backwards advent calendar, right? This is, like, the Klaus advent calendar with pinups as the surprise behind the door that you open sort of thing going on. We already, I mean, I guess it is kind of cute to then find out where Santa came from. Yeah. But you get in, and this was set in 2001 with this 71-year-old man who was Santa's workshop. Now, I feel like this is a, not real Santa, but a mall mall Santa. Santa. And and then you kind of go back to the year before, or a couple years before, when he's given... The suit. Yes. And now, I should say the full title is uh, Klaus in the Life and Times of Joe Christmas, so... Joe this is Joe. Is, yeah. He kind of has a, a Commissioner Gordon vibe to him at that point. That's exactly <laughs> who I felt. That's not knowing where the story is going. I'm like, all right, so we get Mall Santa, and then who is this person? But okay. Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, is this all about him handing out presents to people? Which I guess that does evoke a different uh, reading to not knowing who these people are that he's interacting with, but it also says years old. So I was wondering, you know, is this Klaus getting older? But I'm like, but he's... He's in some of the panels. He's he's immortal, too, and he's got the power. Plus, some of his other books were way before... I mean, you do the math of 71 years ago from 2001, and that's, what, 1930? Right. I'm like, so I don't know how this adds up. So... There is a mystery, but I'm watching, every, looking at every single panel, trying to get clues, and then just noticing some of these panels are straight out of. I mean, these are almost like covers. Yeah, and, they're pinups, basically. Yeah, like I said, it's like an advent calendar pinup book. And there's there's <laughs> a, like a Tron one. There's one that has some toys with a looks kind of like a transformer, and it it looks like the many adventures yeah. that Klaus has had over the years. While Joe is in tow. And one of the ones that I especially liked was uh, this one that they're in a DeLorean. Looks like they're traveling through time uh, going to get the three uh, ghosts of uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. I enjoyed the one from 1984, which is basically a ripoff of Days of Future Past, the cover. Um, But I, I really enjoy that, though. It's done really well. And I like throughout this whole story of merrymaking, I like the one where there's uh, Christmas songs being sung and you kind of see the magical notes coming out with, you know, knowing Klaus has his powers mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's really when you get to the the last page when you find out, oh, this is the story of the Santa Claus that you saw at the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is joe and what he was left uh on the front doorsteps of a um an orphanage church, church yeah. thingy yeah 
is my, so here's my question: Is Klaus leaving him, or did was he walking by and was like, "Oh, a baby," and then like gave him some sort of special Christmas magic because he felt bad for him? Well, you see him in the, all the things. Oh, you're thinking he was going to leave him, but then decided not to? No, he obviously left him because then later he show, they show him with his with parents in the house, right? Like he was adopted. And then his parents died in a car accident. And then he was alone again. He was like a street urchin, right? And that's kind of what happened there. But like, I don't know if... Hey, you know what? I didn't even really realize that in those next so i totally missed that too so maybe he is maybe that is his son that yeah he's visiting on christmas when he's three years old yeah like hey buddy i left you with these people they seem to really love you sort of thing merry christmas right and then as he got older like you know then he could be a part of his life sort of thing that's kind of what I got out of it, especially, like, I really enjoyed, like, they show, they obviously, they show that his, his, the family that adopted him wasn't, like, super rich or anything, but, like, they clearly loved him, but then the panel before that is, like, a car tipped over underneath a tree that's mm-hmm. all broken, and that's definitely meant to symbolize that his parents died in a car accident, and then the panel before that is him looking through from the, the orphanage yeah. again and yeah. needs to be adopted. Yeah. Uh I love the cat throughout it and the, with the, the World Nick War Fury One. Yeah. You can see it getting its eyes blown off, so then you see why it has an eye patch and all the other ones. Right. Um the one thing I do wish it 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 would have done so the twenty four this is where I also got confused because in nineteen fifty four when the young boy would have been twenty four years old, there was no boy in that picture. So I was a little confused. I'm like, wait, are we supposed to be following the cat? No, we're not following the cat, but there's the in, one panel that didn't have Joe in it. In what one? In uh, 1954. What, isn't that him in the years? foreground? Where? The, the there's With all the, dog, the dogs and the cats, December 17th. Oh, I'm on December 20th. You said 1954. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the... You know what that is, though. Those are the. Um, what are the, there's that story about the, the Bre, Bre, Bremen, the the minstrels of Bremen. Do you know what I'm talking about? That story with the donkey and the rooster. And oh yeah. That's that. That's that story. You know what that rooster exactly is drawn as, though. Hmm. You ever see the old school uh, Robin Hood, Disney? Uh, Fox Robin Hood. Oh yeah, and that is that is the, the rooster yeah. strumming the guitar, telling yeah. telling the story of Robin Hood. Um, yeah, uh, Dan Mora did an incredible job on this, and like I said, sure, Grant Morrison came up with the concept, but this is visually stunning. Oh artwork. yeah, for sure, he always does good work. That Dan Mora, it's a good pickup, and like I said, to me, it, it's totally like. You know, you could just look at a page a day because it's it's meant it's kind of meant that way. Like you look at the December first on December first, December second on December second, and go all the way till Christmas and just have a fun. I guess when you get to Christmas, you'd be like, "Oh shit, this was following this boy." Got to read yeah. it backwards yeah. forward again. Yeah, it was good, <clears throat> good, good. Can't wait till next year's. See what that one's all about. Yes, I do hope though. It's 
following some of these adventures. I know. Well, that's the thing, right? He set up this whole person and, like, kind of gave us their whole life. But, like, I want... They're riding Christmas trees at one point in time. There's, like, a flaming fruitcake or something coming down from the sky in one of them. Like, I just want to know what's going on. Like, I want to read those stories. (laughs) Give me those stories. Now, the last book that I want to review, and I feel like I just need to at this moment... Even though it's not really Christmassy, and I was trying to find out some sneakily way to, to pretend to it was. Yeah, but it, it, it doesn't. Doomsday Clock number 12. Mm. Holy shit. We have finally come full circle two plus years later. Yeah. We finally get an ending to this <clears throat> that is both satisfying, but also mind-boggling. It's It's a lot to take in. And I can't even do it justice enough to fully review it, except for that Superman is the constant in everything. Right. And that Dr. Manhattan had seen that, because I just love the, the monotone, like, inner monologue of Dr. Manhattan, just stating things as if that's what is. It's this time, and this is happening. It's this time, and it's this. Or when he's going to fight Superman, and Superman's like, do something, and he's like, I I already know what's going to happen, so no. Yeah. Uh, to f- and I thought there was going to be some big ruckus between the two, but you then see Superman decides to save this guy because of the whole world that has been created within this doomsday clock with the rest of the world, the Superman theorem, blaming him for all Mm -hmm. this meta stuff, Mm -hmm. having some shit happen uh, in the Middle East, um, Black Adam um, wanting to... seemed like he wanted to take him in, and uh, I don't know what his deal was in one of the panels, but it pretty much seemed like all these people were out to get Superman then. But because of how Dr. Manhattan had changed the past of this world, there weren't those super uh, heroes in the past, so things went the wrong way, all because he moved the Green Lantern's lantern from the one that was in Justice League of America. And that's when... I want to keep calling him John, because that's his name, but Dr. Manhattan then realizes you know, his epiphany of Superman's this one that he's been following around and he's the one in the whole metaverse. So then it gets into the shit that I love, which is multiversal um I don't I don't know what the correct term is. I uh, wish I could help you, but I don't know what concept you're talking about. Uh well like the multiverse yeah. and and how everything you know, one choice can lead to the other and, and create all these different worlds. Not like the butterfly effect sort yeah. of thing? See, yeah. See, that's why I have you on this show. <laughs> and chaos theory. I will say it when... Because I thought this was supposed to be DC proper as well going forward, which it seems to be... Uh, it's catching up now to where DC is supposed to be. Because he talks a bit about rebirth and crises and everything. I saw that. The thing I read that was most intriguing, because I I read that he mentions Superman fighting Thor. 
We'll get to that in okay. a sec. But it's when he realizes that everything ends, but when things end, there's beginnings. And I have to say, these panels of just this this light, this glow coming off of him, and then Superman's shield just disintegrating, and then it's black. And it's black for a couple pages. That's a lot of... I yeah. And I don't want to say wasted space, but when you're going to the printers and you're just printing, like, most That's people... a lot of black like, ink. Yeah. Yeah. And just being like, you should put something on the pages. But it evokes this necessity of there's nothing. Right. And then you see... A world explode. And that's when the good stuff happens. Mm. Where he's talking about the metaverse has always formed around one and only sun. The whole metaverse. Every single world that has been shown. So I can't off the top of my head remember which uh, universe is which. But there's the one where they're still uh, like Batman 66. Where they're still Mm. only. That's a, a universe. Right. In one of the 52 universes. And that was formed around when Superman arrived there. And it doesn't always happen at the same time in each universe. But because of that, the metaverse happens that way. And then the multiverse spans off from from that as well. And I just thought that it was a really cool theory instead of time travel and shit happens. Mm -hmm. Where that's pretty much what happens within the Marvel Universe Yep. Where whenever anyone time travels, it's... They fuck shit up. Yep, and, yeah. and create all new worlds. Now, with them talking about some of them, he gets into some of the things that are yet to happen. And that's where it's interesting if they really are setting up some things for the future. Um, like a crisis, unlike anything the Metaverse has seen before with Time Masters. And I'm like, that could be interesting. I'm intrigued to know some more. Time Masters, don't they have one of those already? Yeah, they, they had some stuff. Uh, I think it was Green, Green Lantern or Flash Run um, with some of them. But just saying Superman is the one that, that revitalizes all that. So you kind of already know they're going to win. Dr. Manhattan just told us. Yeah. But I'm interested in some of these. The Secret Crisis is the one that you're talking about. Yeah. Where there's a brawl across the universe with Thor himself and the green behemoth, stronger than even Doomsday. Wonder who that is. Right. And that's in 2030. July 10th, 2030. Well, I can't wait till that comes out in 2030. (laughs) Now, we all know that that's not really going to happen, which is why it's a secret crisis. But I, I always love whenever there's a nod to the other big company about things. They've done crossovers before. It's not it's outside of the realm of possibility. It's never going to happen. It's again. not outside of the realm of possibility. Um, I did like, though, uh, when he's talking about the next couple pages of, you know, talking about where Superman appears to different um, Marthas and Johns of those worlds and everything and how some of them already had a kid, some of them... You know, had a girl already, and how this young boy always came to be. Uh, there's some resolving around the other main players from Watchmen, in which case the Watchmen universe is still going strong. In the beginning, there was going to be nuclear annihilation, but it seemed once John realized he needed to go back to his universe, 
he kind of fixed things mm. and he eradicated all nuclear devices. Mm. Yeah. But he left two people in particular that I want to read more of, Mime and Marionette, in the DC universe. They That's where they belong. And they were searching for their son. The Joker. And remember, no. And that's the thing. We all thought that. Yeah. We actually get an answer to that as well. There's a lot of things that were wrapped up. The prankster? (laughs) (laughs) It all ties together. No, what it is is a him, uh, his future self. Mm. He, uh... Their child is Dr. Manhattan. Is that what you're saying? Kind of. So Did he put himself into an egg and then the kid ate the egg? We're going to get into that in a moment because <laughs> I am going to talk about some some key differences from that. But in this world, we still see there's a Rorschach and there's still some humans and everything. But we get to see uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre have a kid and they're raising a family, young daughter named Sally. And you get this uh, young boy who shows up to the door. Actually, going ahead of myself. Mime and Marionette didn't know what happened to their kid. And just like uh, Dr. Manhattan going all over in time and space, it goes back to him, I see a bank robbery. I go there, but I don't stop because I know that they are part of uh, my future and they will someday have a boy. But he didn't realize what happened to the boy necessarily either because of certain things that they put on him to where he can't see Mm. every instance when the plot device is pretty much what it's called. Well, he's the one that actually went into and took it from the nursery in the hospital to then bring it to the uh, future Mm. present now so that he could then pretty much be given Dr. Manhattan's powers. Ah. And he named the boy Clark. Yeah. Just because every world needs to have a Clark. A Clark. And as the boy shows up saying, you know, talking to the young girl at the front door, being like, uh, your your mom and dad should know, uh, you know, who I am. Uh, you know, said they'll know. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that the television show is the reason why this was delayed? Oh, no, no. Well, I know they're not connected, right, directly, but there is the whole last part of the show where maybe they didn't want to ruin their plot devices, so they asked the comic books to hold off on this whole power sharing thing, right, that we didn't realize Dr. Manhattan could do until we watched the show and then until we read this comic book. So was it just coincidental that they both came out with the same idea at the same time? Or do you think that there was some interplay there? I want to say no, but I also want to lean to yes. Because I know there were some delays in some of the writing. Mm -hmm. Now granted, you should have the plots already kind of written out for having 12 issues. And I know some of the art delay... But delaying that much mm-hmm. is a bit of a stretch. Right. And coincidentally have... Now, I will say they probably started planning when they realized when Watchmen was coming out. They're kind of like, all right, we're going to maybe slow down a bit. I don't think it was the full problem at the beginning. Yeah. 
because then the show may have switched course as well when they because shows are filmed pretty much a year right in the past which kind of would have been when things started slowing down yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's what you make me think <laughs> Uh, but yes, I think this was a great ending, and one of the biggest things, if this is DC proper timeline, their main universe, uh, we have a very much alive John and Martha Kent, mm. uh, that as he is saying, I affected his world, and shows them embracing Clark. Mm. Mm-hmm, okay. And I was wondering if this was going to tie into Bendis uh, revealing Superman as well. Ooh, and he's playing footsie with me, you guys. <laughs> I'm just so excited for this. <laughs> oh, his super... Yeah, we talked about the Superman reveal last week on the podcast. Yeah, well, obviously this didn't get into it. Right. But I'm, uh, I love this and the show, holy shit. Yeah, real good. Real, real good. Real, 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 real good. I almost want to say, before the show, I would have said this was perfect. Yeah. That I've seen the show, Yeah. I favor the show yeah. a bit more. It's so good. Than it. Now, granted, though, the show didn't have superheroes and some other stuff that no. this had, so they're totally different, different yeah. obviously, from the story-wise. Right. But the show... So good. It's so good. The reveals, the the hidden everything out in the open. I, if I were Alan Moore, I would be pissed, right? Because he was like, I'm not putting my name on anything because y'all are making my shit terrible. And I feel like if he would just watch this, he would realize that not everyone's making his shit terrible. This seemed to me like something Alan Moore himself would have written. With all the nuance, with the issues of race and power and all that kind of stuff, like what happened to Ozymandias, like that whole storyline, like totally something Alan Moore could have gotten behind. But he's just sitting in his fucking little hermit house in England, <laughs> being pissed at the world. The Just the <laughs> symbolism throughout the entire mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you find out where Doc Manhattan is, yeah. biggest like holy fuck moment. Now granted, it shouldn't have been for keen-eyed people right but yeah yeah and yaya did an amazing job being this new take of john yeah as cal and what i liked the most after the reveals which spoiler that's who john is is when the uh A god walks into a bar. Mm, mm -hmm. And that whole episode where in the past, they didn't show John's face. And part of that reason why is because John had a particular face that most people are used to Mm -hmm. from whether the comic books or the original movie. Right. So to have him have different facial features would have been a little jarring. Sure. It left it in a way where you didn't see his face then, so he still looked like that, but simply explained why he looked different later. Yeah. And how he kept some of that personality. I love after he, after basically she releases him from his god prison in his head, Mm -hmm. uh, 
she literally says, oh my God, you still have his face. Which is just great because like that is something you could have just left out and people, but then people would have been like, well, that's not what Dr. Manhattan looks like. Right. But they show him, they show them choosing that person to look like. And then she makes the comment later. Oh my God, you still have his face. Meaning he's still, he's still choosing to look like that man, even though now he's big blue penis guy. What's uh, like read up <laughs> a lot of thing. Still a thing. Read up a lot of things on everyone's like, well, he like just knows everything and everything and, and stuff. So he's he's a god and true, yes, but he also was human first. And although his mind thinks very uh, methodically, mm-hmm. or as this just is, he still has. It's it's hard to write that character in a good way. Yeah. And in the book, fucking perfect. And in the show, perfect as well. Obviously, when he was being human, he had that stuff blocked off so he could be human. Right. But even when he's Dr. Manhattan, his kryptonite is pussy, and he still likes women. Yeah, he does. And even after it's revealed and he comes back to being his, I see this, and and all that type, uh, monotone type voice, you can still see that hint of humanity Mm -hmm. in there that he either regained from being Cal and being with the family and everything mm-hmm. that it, oh, it, I love the, so the, the night when all the cops were murdered by the cavalry, mm-hmm. um, like you don't even think about it. They, they do that whole episode and they talk about it and you see like them break into their house and you see her go after them and then they don't really go much after them then they show her in the hospital and then later they're talking about it and you realize oh my god his powers manifested because of such stress that it literally zapped the people out of the house like you just saw like they they did a a low shot and you saw like something drop to the ground you saw cal come in something dropped to the ground you just assume like maybe he shot them or hit them or something and they dropped but really he just poofed them away (laughs) Without even realizing mm-hmm. that's what he was doing. And I love it. So many good things in this fucking show. I love show. the Senator Keen wearing the, oh, the terrible underwear. The underwear? Yeah, that and was great. I love that Lori said it to him. Yes. She's like, it's fucking panties. <laughs> and also this is weird. Like, they showed Doc's dick. Yeah. Which is yeah. a staple from the it book, is. Is. from the movie, the unedited version and friends that I was watching it with who hadn't read or seen the other thing, they were just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's just a thing. Watch right. the movie and you'll have ten times more yes. dick yeah. adage than this. Very like, very little dick, comparatively speaking, in this show. Um, <laughs> My friend Lindsay goes, holy shit, that would kill someone. <laughs> that was soft. <laughs> <laughs> um. I love, so my, obviously Ozymandias, still fucking genius, still Jeremy Irons is crazy well-written, he did an amazing job in it, and I loved, at you know, you find out that um, Lady True is his daughter through really gross happenstance. Um, that was one <laughs> of the few things, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she had his company. You don't just get his but, company out well, of nowhere. No, but yeah. she pretty much yeah. bought it out from under him. She wasn't giving it. The Right. The thing I loved the most is like 
she she was re- very smart, right? But she still had ego, and that was her downfall. Ozymandias is just smart. He doesn't have an ego. Well, his one one kryptonite, uh, and I use kryptonite as weakness, or his right. one thing is is Doc. Yeah. He wants to be recognized by Dr. Manhattan as right. have done the right thing. Yeah, by God himself, yeah. basically. But, like, the the clear lack of ego. Like, he doesn't do things to get recognized for What him. killed me was when he killed the warden. That I knew he oh. said... I was like, I bet you he <laughs> sent him... adversary. He sent... Made that person be like, you need... I'm, I'm bored. You need to do whatever. Oh, yeah. And, you know, nothing bad could have happened to him because no one was going to truly kill him in that, right. that utopia there. But when he just nonchalantly works like an adversary... No. no. <laughs> and then steps over him yeah. after he dies, yeah. It's like, that is Ozymandias. It is just, it's, I mean, we spoiled it a lot for you guys, but if you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely, definitely, definitely watch it. The episode where she, um, what's her name? Uh, Angela. Angela, where she takes her grandfather's, like, memories in pill form. That episode, if that episode doesn't win an Emmy, I don't, fucking something's wrong with this world. Because that was the best filmmaking I've ever seen in my entire life. I bet you, uh, the the creators never even thought of Hooded Justice's past and who that could have really been. And how they twisted that. So good. Was just Just the way they shot it. The way they they would swap between her and you know him and the character and like all the crazy like background noise that's going on because she's on drugs and they're trying to pull her out of it and just that whole thing the black and white and the spots of color everywhere is so well done oh so good i really wish that was set in christmas so we could really be like <laughs> this is what we're talking about now but this, we're th- you know what it's a christmas present to the world Yes. Well, I mean, it's HBO's present to us for fucking up Game of Thrones for you. Well, well, they took the whole elephant budget. Yeah, that's why Cersei couldn't get her elephant. Ah, yeah. There's still there's they they answered almost every question, but elephant is still one of them that you truly don't know. You don't know technically at the end. Uh, walking on water, but everyone said there was like a blue tinge to the water. Yeah, and there was not. I rewatched that like five from everyone saying so. But if they it's, go forward, yeah, I yeah, and I almost I feel like I want to see some more super. I don't. What I love about Watchmen was there was no superhero, and that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. But again, I wouldn't mind then seeing some and how that interacts with the world. Yeah. Lube Man. Still want to know about oh Lube Man. I <laughs> want He just slides into and the, the sewer. That's, that's all there was about him. Like, they they left some mystery. Like, who the fuck was that? Florida Man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, um, I mean, you know, David Lindelof is famously known for, um, making you think one thing's going to happen and then not giving you the satisfaction of that thing happening. I mean, the dude did Lost and I think the other one he did was The Leftovers. Both of those are like, every time you get to the end of a season, you'd be like, fuck you! 
So, you know, not surprising that it kind of ended the way it did. Um, so good, though. Kevin Smith said it was the greatest thing this year. Kevin Smith thinks everything is the greatest thing this year. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, the man is constantly high, so he loves <laughs> everything. Which, you know, it's a good way to live. <laughs> I'm not going to fault him on that at all. Just loving things is an amazing way to live. So, one thing that he loved, and we're not going to talk about it too much, but it has definitely dominated all the news stories this week. Sure. So I'm just going to say a couple quick things that don't revolve around it, okay. but sort of do. Okay. Uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker flopped in China. Only 12 million opening weekend. Yeah. That's less than what Solo did. Okay. Uh, there's mixed reviews online. We're going to be doing an episode. We're going to put There's out- mixed reviews in this room. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you said you hated it, Lynn. No, no. Anybody who's friends with me on Facebook knows that's not true. (laughs) Uh, There's some goods and bads, and we won't really get into that. But uh, there's now a new reforged uh, lightsaber uh, that has debuted at the new Star Wars Disney Park, where you can get that now. Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Yes. And... There's also the... The Proto Saber. The Proto Saber? The Proto Saber. This guy, he didn't create a lightsaber because those are impossible, but he created the next best thing. The Proto Saber. Yes, that can, like, (laughs) that just comes super hot. Highly dangerous. Yes, don't do it. (laughs) Don't try it. You probably will die. But it's also super fucking cool. So Google it. Google Proto Saber. Just look at it. So, uh, there is also a Blu-ray box set for Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, as they call it, that's already in pre-order. Okay. So, you can get that at Best Buy for $249.99. nine movies? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. It's, uh, supposed to be coming out, uh, around, I don't know. The springtime and the spring, which is about when it probably hit hit home market. That's a hefty price tag. Yeah. What do you get with it? Does it say? I mean, Uh, details are just scarce. That's kind of why they're they're just kind of saying that you can start pre-ordering it. I'm not gonna pay two hundred forty dollars for nine movies if I'm not gonna get super cool shit with it. There's no way I can. I own most of those movies already. I well, according to the listing, it's it'd be a massive twenty seven disc set that includes yeah all nine of the films again i don't want i don't i don't even think i own a dvd player anymore (laughs) like there has to be something else that comes with it besides 27 fucking discs that i will just sit on my shelf and collect dust forever and then someday nobody can watch because nobody owns dvd players anymore like all of my star wars vhs's all of those special sets that you paid a shit ton of money for and now nobody has a vcr I can't pass them down to my child. He doesn't even know what the fuck it is. <laughs> you can get a VCR to DVD converter. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, just buy a fucking DVD then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, what else you got? Um, uh, Tom King gave you a Christmas present, Tony. 
Really? His his last issue of Batman came out, and I know you're not reading it because you're super upset with mm-hmm. him for the wedding, but the cat and the bat are back together, and while they did not get married, they made a personal commitment to each other to live live life together as a couple for the rest of their lives. That just means until the next writer <laughs> comes and... They've got rings and everything. <laughs> That's so, you know, Tom King wanted you to be a little happy with the end of Batman. All right. I mean, a, it's, it's, it's something. I mean, it's a pairing. Yeah. I mean, what They're, do Bill Cosby and Santa have in common? Oh, I don't want They only him. come when you're sleeping? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's so gross. <laughs> That's not even... Tony... That's not even a dad joke. That's a pervert joke. <laughs> That's a pervy uncle joke. Perverts. Oh, wait a minute. You are a pervy uncle. So I guess that does make sense. <laughs> uh, not really. Uh, all right. This isn't really nerdy, but I guess kind of is for theater nerds. Holy shit. Cats look terrible beforehand. And cats is bombing. Is the very first movie that studios sent a fucking update to, a patch, a movie patch. Yeah, to, to improve the, the visuals. What the fuck's that going to do? <laughs> they removed the dude's dick from <laughs> from. They digitally erased that one dude's dick out of it. <laughs> Wait, they're adding the dick back in? No, they took it out. Oh, there was a. I didn't know there was a, a dick in <laughs> well, it. Well, it was like his. He he had like in his costume. He had like a bulge, and they like smoothed it I don't out. think that's why people hated this movie. <laughs> no. it's, they hated it because it's a fucking walking nightmare. Like, who thought this was a good idea? Cats is weird. If you guys ever watched Kimmy Schmidt, they <laughs> do this whole wonderful episode about Titus joining the yes. cast of Cats and he's like, wait a minute, you guys all just make this up? And he's like, yeah, did you think this was scripted? Like... <laughs> it opened to only 6.5 million. Yeah. Well, one, it opened against Star Wars, which was stupid. But two, also, it is, it's just the thing. I think they just realized they're going to use that to blame it on Star Wars. Scapegoat. But anyone that looked at this and thought, like, this is, this makes the original Sonic look good. Who? What? How much did these people have to get paid to be in this movie? Who signed up for this and was like, yeah, this is going to make my career good? I want this on my IMDb page. It was IMDb like a hundred million page. plus budget for the film. Yeah, it's all digital, and they had to pay people a shit ton of money to Here's be the in thing, it. Here's the thing, though: it's going to be like the new. Oh, I know. We're, we're watching this for next Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, it doesn't fall within the superhero. Oh damn it! We'll probably watch it for a terrible movie night, though. Sadly, <sighs> but oh, that they up. Oh. Um, speaking of a better cat, Garfield, the best cat. The best cat there is. Jim Davis is auctioning off his first 30 years of comic strips. You can buy your very own original Garfield comic strip that Jim Davis has put up for auction with Heritage Auctions in Dallas. You can go online and put put a fucking bid on one of those things. I'm telling you, Garfield was my life for such a long time. Like I would buy those little books that all had all the collected strips in them. Like, I had all of them. All of them. Before I read comic books, it was fucking all in on Garfield. He was my gateway drug to comic books, Garfield. And now I want to own 
the piece of it. <laughs> so, Tony, if you would like to get me a Christmas present. Oh. <laughs> he is my spirit animal. Garfield? Yeah, he well, likes to sleep, loves lasagna, and hates yeah. Mondays. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now you can own a piece of Garfield history for a smooth $500 for a weekday strip or $1,200 for a weekend strip. So you know I have that cash line for <laughs> You do. You actually do probably have it lying around in this house. (laughs) Uh, Jeff Johns has uh, come out and said that he is right now working on the script for what hopefully will be Green Lantern Corps movie. And Mm. he's Hmm. saying that, you know, some people at B, you know, hopefully we all get the same place and hopefully everyone come about and get excited about it uh, and hopefully move ahead with the project. But also, there's an HBO Max streaming uh, Green Lantern television series that's going to be coming out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it uh, animated? Uh, it's headed by the Arrowverse uh, mm. showrunner, so I'm assuming it's going to be... Berlanti, Greg Berlanti. Yeah, so I'm yeah. assuming it's going to be a... Live action. Live action, which that's what I want. It's like, it's going to be the Green Lanterns like in like Green Lantern school. I'm not going to hate that. Uh, My favorite Green Lantern episodes were the ones that happened in Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah. When they did the crossovers? Those were really good. (laughs) Do you watch uh, Silicon Valley? I have seen Silicon Valley. Okay. I like the way it ended. It was interesting. I wish there was still more of that. But Kumail? Oh, my God. So he's in the Eternals? Well, yeah. So... Something I didn't realize was off with him while watching this last season. Oh, that he was jacked. <laughs> well, they made they tried to make it look like he wasn't that he was, but there it was like his face got definitely thinner because it yeah. was a little bit more rounder. And I was just like, man, he's. I, I just didn't know what it was that was different about him. But I'm like, something's wrong with him. And then I saw some fucking pictures. Yeah, dude's jacked. Holy shit! Fucking super jacked. Yeah, and that's all for the Eternals yeah. movie coming out. Jacked. He's jacked. His abs weird me out. They're like offset. Like his abs don't, his ab muscles mm-hmm. don't line up with each other. They're like offset a little bit. But holy shit, he is jacked. I'm very excited for well, this. Well, I, I, uh, <laughs> I like that, uh, like he flat out was like saying when people were then noticing his muscular build that. You know, this is what a studio paying year-round for meals and trainers and everything can get you. He's like, let's be honest. Not everyone could just do this if they wanted to do it. Mm -mm. But it's now uh, he's been photoshopped into some Pornhub (laughs) pictures. and Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So so now. Oh, I love it. Yeah, he he's kind of like it's 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 weird. First of all, I love Pornhub, <laughs> and the reason why I love Pornhub is because they're not ashamed of what they are, and they do all kinds of crazy shit to like sell themselves, like to make them mainstream, which you cannot do because you are a porn site. You will never be mainstream, but they do some crazy ass shit on that website to sell themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that themselves. <laughs> hot. Hot, um, hot, hot. Last thing that I have is that Marvel has given the thumbs up for New Mutants. 
Oh, yeah? It's coming finally? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. again... We'll it, see how that goes. I, I, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I don't... <laughs> I don't know where it's going to end up landing. Everyone thought that it's uh, going to be just on Disney Plus with as much money as they put into it. Maybe not. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Scheduled to release uh, April 3rd, 2020. So. Okay. Guess we'll have to start seeing. I don't know if I'll definitely go see it. But then again, it's probably much better. Even with all the shit that's going on, it's probably much better than Dark Phoenix. Oh, so. yeah. For sure. It's definitely going to be better than Dark Phoenix. Uh, do you have anything else? Um, no, not really. Uh, just a reminder um, that this Tuesday, December 24th, is when the Far Side relaunches back on the Woo-hoo! internet. So, just a reminder to everyone that that goodness is just right around the corner, um, or after this pod. I don't know. It depends on when Shoni decides to pod. It might have happened already. It hmm. could happen in the future, tomorrow, maybe, but it also could have already happened. So, <laughs> just a reminder, it is either coming or already out there, uh, because we exist in the in the void here at Drunken Comics. Time is stops when we're in this room and we have no idea whether something has happened or will happen. So we're taking the Dr. Manhattan stance on this saying that it did happen and is also going to happen soon. (laughs) And that's all I got. Alright. Booze in the book this week is going to be a bit different. It's going to be booze in a TV show. Mm. And we are going to be pairing a Baby Yoda cocktail. Oh, my God. That thing is the fucking cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I came for the Mandalorian. (laughs) I fell in love because of the Baby Yoda. Like, That bitch is amazing. We'll talk about that briefly in just a sec. But uh, there's plenty of bars, actually, in America now serving these. Just anything that has Baby Yoda. Everybody wants it. Yeah. And one of the biggest things they realized... They were stupid to not have that merch ready to oh, come out. Yeah, because they didn't want to give away the character. So fucking make it and then release it. Yeah, like have it ready. Yeah, have it ready to go. Like, oh, you didn't know it was going to be popular. Fuck you. Yes, you did. Here's the thing. <laughs> I am buying for myself a little stuffed baby Yoda so just to have. We have to give props to Werner Herzog, right? The creepiest fucking man on the planet with that creepy ass voice. But he fucking fronted the money for that puppet. If we, he wouldn't have... Really? If he wouldn't have thrown down some money for the Baby Yoda, we probably wouldn't have had the full Baby Yoda experience. Oh, I mean, and I'm so all you this, hail Werner Herzog. You, let's, <laughs> let, well, here. The, you, can, you can make this yourself um, with uh, some mix of uh, Midori, uh, some fresh pineapple and lime juice, a dash mm. coconut cream, and what's... Baju... Baju. Yeah, it's a Chinese spirit. Um, but to complete the look, you get two lime wedges in the ears and put a napkin around it for the robe and two black olives. Ew, black or, olives? Or cherries. Dark cherries. I would say with the ingredients of that drink, I would go with some cherries. Black olives sound nasty. And it looks so cute. <laughs> it is cute. I've seen a couple different uh, versions. You of... can do it with margarita. You can do a margarita. Yeah, pretty much you could do, yeah. Yeah, any green drink. Right. But you just need to have two yeah. two lime two wedges. Two lime ears, little eyes, little big black eyes, 
and uh, uh, want to push buttons. So, <laughs> this past weekend, I uh, finally watched the first seven episodes. You episode. hadn't seen it yet? No. And I what? Had been, I had been trying to stay away from any sort of spoiler. Yeah. And just seeing all the memes, I'm just like, this oh, thing's so right. cute. I denied you my Disney Plus access. Yes. <laughs> so I had to go be an adult and pay for it myself. <laughs> it's fucking worth it. It is, it is. Oh my god, the there's a documentary on the Imagineering, which is also I love anything Disney. Yeah. And it is worth it for this show mm-hmm. in itself. Take out Baby Yoda, and it's still a fucking still really incredible good. show. Yeah, yeah. The the parts of, of Mando making his art getting his armor made. Yeah. Really cool in particular. Love that they're not taking off the helmet. I love It is the way. I love some of the side characters that come up later mm-hmm. on and everything. But fucking baby Yoda, man. man. That thing. When one of the episodes where a droid, droid was looking for him on the ship and found him in a closet and was going to shoot him, and baby Yoda's trying to do with his hand mm-hmm. without giving that away, and he gets zapped and looks at his like. I even got it. I know. Or. <laughs> Uh, my favorite, my my absolute fucking most favorite touching. scene is when he's playing with the buttons <laughs> and the Mandalorian like moves him out of the way and he keeps he's like no don't touch the buttons and he looks at Mandalorian straight in the mask and then does like the whole side reach and touches the button the whole ship shakes and I'm like oh my god baby Yoda is all of us yeah <laughs> I saw an amazing one where it him changing the radio to a couple yes. different songs yeah. It, it is so great. And so that is definitely something so that neat. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Definitely watch it. Um, does not directly tie into the Star Wars movies, just as an FYI. They had changed the release date of, the, of Episode 7 to be released before the Star Wars movie came out under the premise that it would tie to the movies. It doesn't tie to the movies. There's something that happens on the show that also kind of happens in the movie. Well, it does happen in the movie, but they're not tied together. They're just the same thing. And I guess it had never happened before in the Star Wars universe. So save yourself some time and mind power trying to tie the two together because they're not. All right. um, Knock, knock. Nope. <laughs> well, it's not Timmy. <laughs> who is there? It's not Timmy. It's not Timmy who? Well, it's just that's just how it is. So, I hope everyone enjoys <laughs> Christmas time and this holiday season. <laughs> and we will be back next year with many more new episodes to come. Stay thirsty for all that and more. I didn't get that one. Was I supposed to get that one? Oh, you will in a moment. (laughs) 